You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This podcast is, as name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a brown belt who trains at H2O Martial Arts, located in Oak Park, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Hunter. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine for having you, sir. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Work six days straight. Play with the dog, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm definitely happy to do this. This was a uh, this was something I've been looking forward to all week. So yeah, man. Me me too, man. Me me too. But um uh, yeah, let's just get right into it, man. Let's go ahead and give the people what they want, man. Uh, how did it, how did it all start for you? For me, it was very interesting. Um, I had just went through. My biological mom had just passed away a few years before 2006, and football was my first love. And after high school, I decided not to try to go out of state to play football, try to get a walk on. I decided to stay home, and I just – I was something was missing. Mm-hmm. Something was just – I couldn't figure out what it was. I always wanted to continue – athletics in some way shape or form you know whether i thought about powerlifting, i had thought about going to moving to florida to be a pro wrestler so many things that like popped in my head and it was 2009 2000 yeah 2009 i want to say and i was sitting at brian's house and we were watching tv and it was all either the spike or uh tna wanted it to i think it was spike but they did a marathon of like ufc fights Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the UFC as a kid. I had, <laughs> can we cuss on the podcast or not? I'm trying to, you know. No, you, you're good. You're good. Okay. I, mean, I if, fucked around. If we have I fucked to, around can, and bought, um, all right, if we have to, we, I can just edit it out, but go ahead. Cool. I fucked around and bought the first UFC thinking it was a WWE uh, VHS tape at Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So I had bought it and, you know, I got it. My mom, we came home and I put it in. I'm like, yo, this. Don't nobody on here look like nobody I know. <laughs> so so um, I watched it, watched the whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, so I bought like the other three. I think I bought one through five. And I'm like, as a kid, I just, I really don't know what's going on. But I know it's like, yo, this is hella violent. It was like, it was like pro wrestling and, and stuff from movies, but like real life. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first introduction to jujitsu. And then fast forward, you know, 10, 15 years later. I'm seeing it again. It's more evolved. And I was like, damn, like something it was. I literally can attest it to like being in the military when like, you know, the commercials for the Army and the Navy back when we were younger. They'd be like, you know, is it in you or something? It's the calling. Yeah. It felt like that. And so I called around to a couple different schools in the area and inquired about free classes and stuff like that and came in and tried out a couple. And the first place I went to was Mash Gym on 8 Mile and over in a. Uh, over on Eight Mile and uh, forgot the main street. Yeah, but yeah. over in Redford, mm-hmm. and so went there for a couple months, and couldn't afford the payments. Got a job a year later. Still had the itch to do it, and went and trained at a school in Hazel Park, and um, and I didn't want to do jitsu first. Mm-hmm. I thought jujitsu. I I thought jujitsu was whack. All I wanted to do was be Bruce Lee, Anderson Silva, Muhammad Ali, and Mike Tyson. I just wanted to drop somebody, and I did not want to do it at all. Like, I was like, man, this is whack. Uh, I, I'm good. And uh, 
my coach at the time, he was like, look, if you want people to stand and bang with you, then you need to be good at the ground. If you're good at the ground, people will know it and they have no choice but to stand. You won't have to worry about taking them down, none of that, because they'll already will know that that's your game plan. That's what you're good at. So they'll, the choice to stand is automatic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm like, okay, you, you sold me a dream. I got you. So I got, I went and started doing it. Started doing no gi at first. And then I eventually moved to the gi. And what I realized quickly was I was dominating people who were like better, not so much better, but like higher rank, you know, like it was like, you know, blue belts and purple belts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize I was naturally good at it. And like the people I couldn't get during stand up, you know, when we had to do kickboxing and boxing, they would, you know, as soon as we get to MMA or jujitsu, I was mopping the floor with them. And then I got to, I learned to put it together, the two together. And I was like, all right, this is just something that bad. Not that bad at all. Right. And that's where it started. And, you know, like most people, you do it, take time off, go back to it, take time off, go back to it, take time off, go back to it. But it was the one way I felt like if I continue with jujitsu journeys, the one way I can stay close to it. One, go. To me, jujitsu is, is self-defense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the closest thing you can get to it is MMA. So... That was a way for me to stick with it. You know, I always envisioned or seen jujitsu as the old school way of uh, the old school way of it. You know, it, it's meant for a fight. You know, when you listen to your stories about Alio and Carlos, like they weren't doing tournaments. They was going in dojo storming niggas and fighting. It was bloodshed. It was, you know, punches, stuff like that, groin kicks, headbutts. All that stuff was legal. Like it's a street fight. So to me, that's what I always envisioned jujitsu as. And like when you look at it, I always tell people like the UFC was built by the Gracie family to showcase Brazil. You know, Gracie Jiu Jitsu is the most dominant self defense, the most efficient self defense martial art. Mm-hmm. And along the way, it lost its path. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, but to me, Jiu Jitsu always equates to scrapping. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay, so. Um... You know, I know a lot of people don't know, but you do run like a security team at your current job, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so with that, how did jujitsu? Because you know you are a brown belt, so you have been training for a long time. Um, so how have you been able to incorporate your jujitsu into your job? So it's. <laughs> jiu-jitsu is basically giving me everything like everything i could have asked for um and it stems from being able to use it at my job so i started out it was 2012 um started bouncing at clubs and bars and it was just you i i literally took like customer service side of it i've been i've worked in retail sales for 10 years so been deep in the customer service but just combining the two jujitsu and customer service but as far as the jiu-jitsu aspect of it, it was more so um, just everything I would do in practice, but without punching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if somebody – I would always modify. So, whatever I would train, I would always think, put myself in a situation where, you know, I would get this in the club. You know, so because everything is going to be random. You know, if a dude decides to swing, on you, it's random. The only thing you can do is – block engage and you know go for the takedown or you know go for a wrist lock uh, um, armbar things like that mm-hmm. or my favorite thing is to take the back and drag out but i always applied it 
so I always I would look at certain situations that I was in and just be able to, you know, okay, if this person does this, they, the hand goes up, what do I do? I go for, you know, comb the hair to block um, and then wrap the arm under, duck up to the back. I, it was just, I always put it in training, you know, so like, you know, if a dude comes and tries to grab you by the collar, you know, that's stuff we do in jujitsu, you know, or I would show like places where I wore suits, I would put on a suit coat. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd put on a suit coat and I'd have somebody else put one on or have them put on my suit coat and just go from there. And then because everything is different, the way you grip a suit coat, the the placements is the same, but the material is different. You may pull hard enough and then the buttons on a jacket slip off or, you know, you may tear the collar of the coat. So it adjusts your game differently. But I always put it in the regards to like, OK, if somebody stands here and does this or does that. And so when it happened in the, at work, it was just I had practiced it for so long. It was just muscle memory. But everything I ever did was jujitsu. I never punched. I've only I tell you back. I've only struck two people in the 10 years that I've been bouncing. And it was like I slapped them. But everything I've ever done has been based off of jujitsu, you know, so, you know, and even with um with our tests, purple belt. You know, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, not even blue belt. You know, that self-defense portion, like that's that's what it's for. Right. You know, to be able to apply in real life. So somebody comes at you with a punch or they try to tackle you, you know. And then, too, when you get into it, you know, in that environment where it's just a, a, a brawler, a dude who really don't know shit, it's so much more easier. And it's so much more the pressure's um, taken off you a lot because they don't know what you know. You know, and those who do know what you know, they're not quick to fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We know the dangers of everything. So, but it was just, yeah, it was just that, man. Like, you know, watching somebody's hands, you know, making sure their hands, if they try to, you know, anytime I always say, anytime a hand comes at you, whether it's to grab a lapel, to throw a punch or whatever, it's, it, you got to think of it like, okay, that hand is coming at me. It's coming at me to either try to grab a collar, throw a punch, whatever. So it's the same principle. You don't have to change up the training so much. Right. But I, every time a situation happened, I talk first and then if it, if it got to it, it got to it. And people would see it. Um, and they just, once they seen that I could, not only was, I was very good at talking to people, but if it came down to it, if I, you know, if we had a tussle, we had a tussle. And I was very, very, very exceptional at doing it. So, you know, and then just started playing around with different stuff. And now at my job now, I am um, working on developing subject control stuff, physical management of combative people. So that's the big focus is tailoring to back to self-defense. Cause that's what it is, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what this is made for. John Danaher, if, um, you know, for your listeners, it, everybody knows that's how he started. He started bouncing nightclubs and he, he used jujitsu, you know, and look at where he's at now. So it's proof that jujitsu is truly meant for self-defense. Right. And, you know, I've, I've talked to people about that as well. And one thing that I try to reiterate when it comes to jujitsu is like, okay, what if the person is trying to, you know, throwing punches and stuff like that. And I try to tell them, I was like, you have to understand that it takes more energy to try to throw a punch, throw, you know, you're trying to throw punches and haymakers and everything else like that. If you can subdue someone, they will burn themselves out before they even able to throw a punch. And you're conserving all your energy because you're not fighting them back. Exactly. So it's a, a lot easier to be able to grab someone, hold their arms a certain, you know, hold your arms a certain way because you're not using physical strength, you're using structural strength. So if you ever look up videos of people or you hear stories of like this 
blue belt or this person who just started training two, three weeks ago held a person down, that's because they were able to literally subdue them. And you watch these videos, you don't see that person necessarily striking back. You see them just holding them down. That's like, um, um, I can't remember his name. Matt Sarah. Yeah, at the, at the restaurant in yeah, New York. at the restaurant in New York. He held him down. He had a dominant position. His arms were away from his belt line. His arms was like straight up, like straight up over his head. So he couldn't attack him. He couldn't, he was just helpless. Yeah. And that's the big, and that's the biggest thing too. It's like, it's that positional. Mm -hmm. Like if you know the position to be in, but it, it's, and it's, that's the thing. Like I always, I always tell people it was us, a general, um, his name is, uh, Mad Dog Madison. I think that's his name. If I missed it up, I apologize. But um, it's a quote that says, be polite and kind to every person you meet, but have a plan to kill everybody in the room. Yeah. Like, so when you yeah. approach a situation, like whenever I approach a situation, I always know how I'm positioning myself. Mm -hmm. I look at what, I look at, okay, my man's got a watch on his right hand. I mean, on his left hand. So nine times out of 10, he's right-handed. So his power side, his, his, the punch is going to come from the power side. I can stand, I can blade him, I can mirror him, you know, I'm standing southpaw. So now the distance it takes for that strong, his power side to come towards me is longer. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but I can see his hands and jam them up. That's the thing is like if you're wearing it, just put yourself in the ready position. You yeah. come up to somebody, use your hands to talk because if the hands come up, now your hands are already there. You know, it's I, I, go, I go into this rabbit. I go into a rabbit hole of different things where it's like it's just setting yourself up. But it is. It's so much more easier. And the, the thing is, too. It's a, it's the it's the energy. Yeah. Like when you yeah. when you use aggression and anger, man, you burn your gas tank quick versus when you stand calm. You stay calm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the biggest thing too, is having that that knowledge and that background. It takes the anxiety and fear, you know, a big portion. It's still there, but it takes a big portion out of it. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like oh, yeah. now, you know, it's just like because once that once you sw once a dude swings or comes in, and the minute his plan doesn't work or he misses or you evade it or you shoot a double and now he's like oh shit i'm in a fight i'm in a position that i know nothing about i can't get up and that makes it even worse you know what i'm saying that's why you'll see a lot of dudes sitting on people you know women too you know they'll catch them in, in the back take you know they'll, they'll have them in, they'll have you know they'll take their back and set up chokes and stuff like that and it's it's not a ounce of energy wasted right. you know what i'm saying versus somebody who's you know, using the anger and aggression and depleting themselves of their own energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's having that, that, that sense of calm. Like it's, it's tremendous. Yeah. And I'm not taking anything from any other martial art, but you know, I only can speak for jujitsu because that's what I train. And I saw this video, um, maybe like two, like two days ago of this guy who had a confrontation with this other guy at this basketball court. And obviously they didn't know that the guy trained jujitsu. So, you know, he, the one guy, you know, he slaps him. They get to, you know, they get to tussling and they end up on the ground. He somehow. Is this an indoor, is this an indoor basketball court? Yeah, Cause indoor, I think I seen this video. Yeah. yeah. Basketball court. He yeah. swam under, got his leg and he, you know, he had control. The dude was squirming. He said, dude, I will break your, you know, I will break your shit right now. And it's just like, like and the people around him, they like they don't think nothing of it. I'm like, dude, he could have ended this dude. He probably would have never been able to walk again if he would just turn slightly to the left. But he had, but obviously he had that control, and, that, and it could have went from bad to worse. But 
he was able to stop the dude attacking him. And that's the biggest thing is that that's why, like I said earlier, those who know what we know don't fight. Yeah. Because you don't know who knows what. Because we know it's it's literally like I get told all the time at my day job, they're like, you walk around here like a ninja. I'm like, no, not at all. But it's like it is a secret society because you don't know. It's not like we're out in the street wearing a gi in our rank. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like that, that would like, it would freak people out. Like you'd be like, you know, it's like if you were in a video game, you can, you know, you had like the, 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 the vision where you could like see through shit and then you just see somebody's gi in a rank. You're like, oh damn, I didn't know this motherfucker knew this and knew that and knew this. Right. So it's like, once you do it, like once you get into contact with somebody, you don't know who's who, mm -hmm. because you'll see people who would never even fit the mold of someone who was a black belt or a world champ or, you know, you know, a, a MMA champion or MMA fighter. It, we come in all shapes, sizes, colors, everything. Yeah. You never know. So it's like you don't do that because it could go from bad to worse real quick. Real like quick. you just said, like my man didn't even know he my man didn't know he trained and he could have literally he could have ended his whole career. Yeah. He could have took his leg with him. But he was like, nah, man, like, you know, chill out. You know, but that's the thing. That's why you just because you don't know who knows what. And and, the, and that's why. I, my bad. The, and the funny thing, no. uh, the funny thing about that is, um, this was last last year. Uh, was it last year? But anyway, I think it was either Valentine's Day or Sweetest Day. I think it was Sweetest Day last year. And me and my wife, we, you know, we went we went downtown. We were walking around for a minute, and we ended up at this uh, strip club. And, you know, we go in, we're sitting down, and there was a guy who was obviously drunk. He comes over to us. He's like, you know, hey, how y'all doing, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I spoke to him and whatever. And he's like, you know, he just kept going on and on and on. And I was like, okay, dude, I'm trying to, you know, enjoy the show. I'm with my wife. Just leave us alone. So he walks off. And at that point, my wife was getting uncomfortable. I, I instantly saw, I felt her body change, her body energy change. So I was like, okay, let's just finish this and then we can go. He comes back. He, you know, he's like putting his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hey man, you know, y'all from around here. And I'm like, okay, dude, don't touch me. At this point, I'm standing up and I'm kind of like bladed off. Like we were talking about earlier. I'm like, I'm not, and I had no intentions of hurting this guy, but I need to prepare myself just in case. So we're going back and forth for a little bit. He walks off. At this point, I'm like, you know what? Boom, we pay for our drinks. We're about to leave. So like where we were at, we were kind of right by the door. And it was kind of the crowd. So we're just waiting for the crowd to disperse a little bit. And we was going to walk out. He comes back around. And he's like, oh, man, I don't, you know, I didn't mean nothing by it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's cool. But this at this point, my hands are up. I'm like, it's cool, bro. We're just going to go. Oh, man, you guys don't have to leave. He's trying to, trying to hug or whatever. I was like, dude back off at this point i'm like okay dude i've warned you twice back yep. off and he's all like no dude i don't mean nothing to buy you. i'm not trying to be offensive you know let me buy you a drink to show you i'm sorry i'm like no we don't want to drink we're leaving the bouncer was standing there and i guess he finally caught wind of what's going on he turns around he had on a gracie baja uh no a gracie barra uh shirt i looked at him I did the jujitsu hand sign and he turned right back around. <laughs> and we so, so so when we so he saw it, he nodded and he turned back around and started to finish his conversation with the guy at the bar. And then we left. So Darcel's like, you no, know, she's looking around, she's like, you know, dang, what was that all about? 
and I was like, you know, it's it's nothing, babe. We're we're good. And I was like, we were fine from the get go. So she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, the guy. I was like, the the big guy, bald guy at the at the bar. She's like, yeah, that was the bouncer. He does jujitsu. And she was like, wait, you didn't even talk to him. How'd you find out that fast? I was like, you have to, I was like, you have to pay attention to your surroundings, but but yeah, you, it's, but yeah, I've talked about that before. Like, you don't know who knows this stuff. Cause we don't because like you when you think of people who does mark like who do martial arts, like UFC, you know, that does MMA or some type of striking, you think fit guys. Muscles yeah. through the you think shirt. you think movie you think you yeah. think uh, you action think action, figures movie you stars. think action figures you think movie stars. I'm you know I I just broke well I'm down like two seventeen now I'm not like super fit but I'm in shape more but you wouldn't think I'm I know how to like cause body harm to someone because I'm a, I'm a goofy guy I'm you know I'm. I'm, I pay attention to everything, but I'm super nonchalant. I'm not confrontational, Bro. but we that be the dangerous more people. Look at the Meow Brothers. Yes. The Meow Brothers are the nerdiest looking motherfuckers I've ever met, but they will destroy you. Destroy you. Like, any way, shape, or form. Like, you can never, you can never, like, you, like I said, man, you can't judge a book by its cover. And being a part of, like, being in the martial arts community, you get, you become aware of that because assassins come in every way, every shape, color. <laughs> like, literally, you don't know. And, like, that's the worst thing ever, man. You don't want to be nobody highlight reel. No. Yeah. You don't want to be on nobody Instagram. You don't want to be on nobody TikTok. You don't want to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to end up on social. You don't want to, as as a, as the game say, you don't want to end up a hashtag. No, like, you don't. But, you know, so I, don't, I don't want this to come off as like, yeah, we're, we're you know, we're just walking destruction. But No, 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 not at <laughs> Or anything all. like that. But, no, you know, you, like, once you get to a certain point in jiu-jitsu or any, any form of martial art, that, that instinct, you have to learn it. It's like that unteachable thing that you have just have to you have to be able to learn. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be, you know, attentive about who you're talking to. Because I think maybe that probably kicked in for me probably roughly around like blue belt, like mid blue belt. Like I would see somebody and I'm like, okay, that guy he looks strong. I don't want to fight with this guy. I would have to get him to the ground. I have to get his back. From the strongest guy to like the weakest old lady, everyone's getting sized up. Not because I'm just trying to fight the world, but just like, hey, you never know. You, you never, never know. know what could you happen. Never know what could happen. And that's and you have to and that's the thing. It's it's where there's where there's preparation, there is no fear. Right. So if you prep, you know what I'm saying? You prep for that situation and it's always because to me it's it's everything. Like even when I go to work and talk to people, mm -hmm. like and I tell like Cause people ask me stuff all the time. They'd be like, Hey, you know, this, this, this. So I seen this and I'd be like, okay, that's cool. But this is what I would do. So like, I show them like when I approach somebody, like where I put my feet, where I put my feet at, like, you know, I, I, I line my foot, I'm gonna walk up and I tell them like, I'm gonna walk up and mirror you. Mm -hmm. So if you stand the left foot forward, my right foot's going to be forward. If you go right foot forward, my left foot's forward. And I tell them why. And then I walk them through instructions and they just sit there like, Holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, and it's just a quick, simple three-step move process, like to be able to take your back. And then because once I take your back, everything is away. Yeah. That is the most critical thing. And like, like I guess even with a with what I do, you know, when I bounce, like I want to get to your back mm -hmm. because a everything that you could do to harm me, your hands, knees, feet, elbows, all that shit's gone. It's yeah. pointed the other way. And then two. I can drag you out. If I'm going face to face, it's going to be much harder. But if 
if I if I can, you know, if I can hit a duck under, if I can go, you know, you throw that punch and I, I slip and I take the back, like, it's easy for me to just get you out. And that's all I want to do. I don't want to do nothing else but just get you the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. That, that's, it's, it's, yeah, man, you never know, man. That's funny, though. I, I ain't gonna, I'm not about to slide past that part where you threw my man to hang loose on <laughs> and he was just like, hey. I'm not about to slide past that, like, because if you know, you know. You know what I'm you saying? Know, like, you know. When you, you, know, you make eye contact or somebody sees something, like, you be like, hey, man, where you train at? That's the first thing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love when people come into my job and they be like, oh, man, you know, because, you know, I, I just I just did my purple belt. And I'm just like, oh, okay, who's your instructor? And then they'll tell me, like, oh, okay, what's his lineage? And as soon as I say, what's the lineage? They be like, what? What? What's lineage? I'm like, oh, okay, either you, either you cap him or... You just, you know what I'm saying? You just doing it for clout. Like, it's just, it's not, you know, it, it, and it's not wrong with that. Like, if you do it, you do it. But like me, I'm just, I'm very, very diehard and old school. Like, I research to a T. That's why to me, I'm like, jujitsu is made for self-defense. Like, mm-hmm. so for me to just switch into it, to bring it into, you know, me doing security, it, it just, it was, it was something that was, it was a no-brainer. It goes hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? So it's so many. It's just that's what it was for. Like Alio and Carlos were teaching military and law enforcement mm-hmm. because this is what jujitsu is all about. You know what I'm saying? The weapons, the gun disarming. Like if you really go back and look at your history and there's videos you can find online of them doing this, like the weapon disarming, the, the you know, um, defense against a club, defense against a knife, things like that. Like that's what this is for. Like mm-hmm. it was for that. So it, like I said, it was just. It, it was it was perfect, you know. And then to me, honestly, too, what made me truly continue to fall in love with jujitsu was it was it was the one thing that made me. I always had a dream of being a superhero. I always had a dream of being Batman. And jujitsu made martial arts. Period made it possible for me to be able to do that. Yeah. To, in my own head, you know, what I'm saying I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. I'm you know I'm Black Panther. I'm Black Adam. It gave me that option to do that. Yeah, you, you know, so like you do get that sense of like I can kill everybody in here. But you do. It's, 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 you sit there and like, it, man. Look, after my first MMA fight, I when I went, I was my first MMA fight because I was heavier. So like, I played defense and offensive line in high school and throughout my whole, uh, you know, my whole athletic career, and dropped down about seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first fight. And then it fought again, and I started going out to the club more. I had more confidence now. Dude, the way you feel after winning a fight, like, against another human being and winning some tournaments, and you go out, that confidence skyrockets. Like, and it's not even like a – it's not even a an arrogant confidence because I was never an arrogant person. I've always said the same, but it was just like you feel – especially, like, I was picked on. So, like, you have that trauma where it's like you always, like, you fight or flight when you out, but – after that, like what jujitsu brought me, that confidence, you don't feel like you'd be like, okay, whatever comes my way, I know I can handle it. Yeah. And then too, like you were saying, that intuition to where it's like if you come across somebody, you like, ooh, that motherfucker got cauliflower ear. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Like, no, nah, nigga, you got ears like chocolate, uh, like a uh, Randy Couture. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. And you ain't got no neck. Bro, how long you been grappling? Right. You know what I'm saying? And you and you ask that question, they'll start laughing because you can tell when somebody else has that same aura, that energy, to where it's like, nah, man, you too fucking calm. Yeah, I don't like way that. Too calm. Yeah, I don't like that at all because a lot of times the dude who barked the loudest 
are the ones who do it for attention or they want help or you know they want to to draw to draw that uh that crowd so that way it's like all right cool people looking they're gonna stop us from fighting right but if a dude like you know what i'm saying i i have seen dudes yell at people in clubs and 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 um public outings and things like that but it's it's the dudes who talk real quiet that scare the fuck out of me mm. and that shit like when a dude like tap you in your chest real quick and he said you sure this is what you want to do nah that's not what i want to do no, i've no, seen no, it no, <laughs> no i don't want to do that i don't nah, I'm good, man. We ain't, we, we ain't got to do that. But that's the thing. Even in my line of work, you know, like, I ain't got no choice. So if I see a dude, I have to have a plan. So it, it's funny because um, my 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 last uh, vice president of security at the last club I worked at, I came into work and he was there. And I don't know who he was. He was just standing at the host and I'm like, who the hell is this? And Tom is 68440. Mm. And I'm like, yo, and he like tattoos all over, big beard. He looks like an in-shape haggard from Harry Potter, but bald. <laughs> no, I bullshit you not, man. I bullshit you not. And so when I come into work and I see this and I'm like, damn, dog, like, ah, what am I going to do? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I knew Tom didn't, he didn't, Tom knows a little bit of martial arts, like, because him being in the business for so long. You know, he picked up things along the way from people he worked with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I looked at him and I'm like, man, ain't no way in hell. Like, I'm like, nah, bro. Like, I got to, I knew that I, that's something I could, I'm like, nah, I can't, I don't, that ain't going to work. And if it does happen, I got to like, I got to take his legs out. I got to use my other training too. I got to throw up my Muay Thai kicks because I'm going straight for them legs. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I you got to dig in a bag of different things. But, but just that, I'm like, it's a situation where it's like, I know this dude knows something just based off of not only just the size, but his demeanor with the size, the energy he brings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's going to be a problem. Like, but you got to have a plan. Like I was saying earlier, like when you, every person you meet, you got to have a plan to kill everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that that's what it comes down to. But that's also what uh, Abel Grace used to say. Like you always have to train as if your opponent is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. It's easy to train with somebody your size or smaller, but if they bigger than you, well, how that's the true test of jujitsu, and that's where jujitsu truly makes everybody equal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that aspect? But it, once again, the reason why you should train is if every your all your opponents are bigger than you was because it was made for self defense. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? And one thing I want to like you know put out there, um, it's it's something about like you know you you know you training, you putting all this time, you learning this martial art, and you know you start like once you get to that that point where we're talking about where you're applying it to like everyday situations it's not to say that you you know to be paranoid it's a sense of calmness you get when you are in these situations with that you know you can take care of because you know honestly well for me i have real bad social anxiety and you know when i was working at the club with you if i wasn't training jujitsu prior to that i would have never done it like I would have never thought about me working as a bouncer at a club, like at all. But with my, you know, with my training and everything else, it made me comfortable. I was like, okay, well, I know where, you know, what I need to do, what I need to pay attention to, you know, to be alert and be attentive of everything. I was all right. Oh, you did more. You were more than all right, bro. You was nice. You was nice. You even, you even got a little piece of action. You was nice. 
Oh man, that was hilarious. <laughs> You even him to do that, hit him with a quick little toss and got him up out of there. <laughs> I was like, look at my boy. I was like, go ahead, man. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I would, like, I'm telling you, I would have, man, I would have never in my, like, never in my wildest dreams, I'd have been like, I am a bouncer at a club. But, like I said, prior training made me prepare for that. And having that too. Like and I'm and that so that's what opened up doors also too because having that experience of like having the martial arts background mm-hmm. so then like it started opening up so that's how it opened up for me to get in like executive protection because like I said they knew I could talk they knew that I could handle myself well I was very approachable everybody loved me I, you know and I thought like management I thought like you know I thought for the business mm-hmm. so it always moved me I get moved up to a manager or a manager position quick. And so, but then, like, when, like, you get important people coming in, you know, you got VIPs, you got celebrities, you got rappers, athletes, politicians, things like that. Then it's like, okay, cool. Well, these are people who could be the point or, you know, who could, they have fans. They have uh, a following of good and bad. You know what I'm saying? So if somebody somebody is playing with a track, or they're like, hey, you know what? I know this person about to be at this spot. I'm about to run up and try something. Then it's like, okay, well, who do we have who could defend that? Who do we have? Not only can we defend that, but who do we have who can see it? Because it's all about security is not being a cop, being a firefighter, you know, um, an EMT. Those are all their responders. Yeah. So when they respond to something, a cop is, of course, you know, they ride around things like that. But they're usually just chilling until they get a call to respond to something happening. Firehouse. You stay at a firehouse for however long until you get a call that a fire is happening. Right. And, you know, EMS, EMS, same thing. You know, but security, you got to see that shit first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch, especially at the nightlife. You got to watch oh, what's man. going on man, and dude. be able to like, okay, cool. Let me prevent this from happening. So the same thing is needed in executive protection. It's like, you got to be able to see the problem before it comes because you can't let it get to the, to your, to your principal. I can't let it get to my, the person I'm protecting. So, and if it does happen, you know, if somebody does run up and tries to attack, who do we have that can combat that, that can stop that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then they go and look at the list of people and they look at my name and they're like, oh yeah, my man's been doing, he's been doing MMA and jujitsu for 10 years. Right. But, hey, real quick. And you know what I'm saying? And then you get moved and put in certain positions because you have that mm-hmm. in your repertoire. So, you know, it just, and that, that just worked hand in hand. Right. So then I definitely felt even more like a superhero. I'm like, well, shit, damn, I feel like I feel like Kato from Green Horn. I'm you know, I'm the I'm the I'm the muscle, you know what I'm saying? So it it definitely it definitely helped with a lot. But it's and that's the thing, a lot of people don't have that. You'd be surprised. Yeah. A lot of people in security, they just, you know, they pick, they go and grab somebody, like, oh, okay, he big. He he can fill out a t shirt. All right, bet, let's get him in. You know what I'm saying? They don't have those skills, you know, right. but that's also too where you could get legal trouble comes in. Me doing jujitsu, I don't have to. I, my option is not. I don't have to throw a punch. Right. I got more options and more things to do to control you and to get you out. You know what I'm saying? I have that background. Right. Because you know it. To you know to me, it takes more than just like being a big dude with muscles to be a, a bouncer. 
I guess they're just trying to go for like the intimidation aspect of it. But, you know, I just feel like if if you don't have that type of proper training, you know, what are you good for? Like what are you what are exactly. you possibly like what could you possibly be good for in that in that situation where you do security? Like, yeah, you may be in a business for so long, but how are you actually able to address multiple situations at once? I mean, you you can and you do. Mm-hmm. It's just more so it's it becomes more violent at that point. Right. Because now you're relying on just pure utter violence. And I've worked with people, and it's crazy because I've worked with people who are like that. Mm-hmm. I've worked with people who they look for it. Like I've had people, I've had, you know, guys work for me and they'd be like, you know, um, man, I hope somebody pop off tonight. And I'm like, you know what? Wow. I hope you make it up. <laughs> Honestly, because man, it's, it's, it's the same thing that we hear, like the thing about cops, like cops who like, you know, guys who got bullied and picked on and get, and then they grow up to be a cop and then they pick on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing. Like there are guys who do that in the security world who are literally, they, you know, they, they like, okay, cool. I can go ahead and fight. And it'd be okay because it's a part of my job. No, that's not your job. That's your job is to is to is to is to to intervene. It's you know your your crisis prevention intervention. You know what I'm saying you're trying to prevent something from happening. And if it does happen, you have to be able to take control of the issue the best way possible. Like people don't know about use of force continual. Mm-hmm. Like you know the same thing with cops. Like you show up, you know your presence, your verbalization, you know what you what you need them to do, your commands, and then you go into like soft skills. You know, okay, cool. I told you what happened was gotta go. I now I'm trying to I'm trying to usher you out. You know, I'm putting a hand on your arm on your back and trying to move you to hey, we gotta go, we gotta go. And then I match your energy. Mm-hmm. That's the legal aspect of it. Because a cop will ask you that. I've been in numerous fights where cops have been like, Hey, you know, were any punches thrown? Nope, no punches were thrown. You know what I'm saying? So like it's it's things that people don't understand and don't know, but like having that background, jujitsu especially, you don't, you know, that's the it's the one thing the downfall of our martial art is like, I wish we did focus more on, you know, there was like built into it, like just knowing how to throw a decent jab or an old school shit. They used to like, if you watch UFC one through five on hoist, you know, his that, that kick, that kick he would do, he would throw it to create. Yeah. He would throw it to create that distance and then be able to shoot it for a takedown. Mm-hmm. They don't even do that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, at least he had that going for him. You know, it strikes him with all that. But like, he's like, okay, I'm gonna throw this kick, and I'm gonna use this kick to get in and close the distance and keep you away and secure a takedown. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's it's we don't have that. But that's what that's also the benefit is because now we don't we're not training them. We're not training punches, kicks, and elbows. Mm-hmm. We're training how to engage. We're training, you know, the clinch. You know. um, we're, we're working the, the bag takes, we're working takedown, sweeps, trips, things like that. You know, going back to the whole, the judo aspect, because jiu-jitsu came from judo. So when you put those two together, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to punch nobody. Right. You just need to defend the punches. You defend the punches, and you go ahead and engage, and then, you know, you set up your takedown. And then that's it. And then once you get them to the ground, the fight is over. Yep. There is no fight at there that point. No you know what I'm saying? No it's, it's, it's the most humane way to deal with a person, whether drunk, whether angry, and like I said, you get to cover your own ass legally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But there, but, but like I said, I've worked with guys who, who are all about just scrapping, like fuck it, let's go. And it's just like, man, you can't, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you cause more of a liability. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then, but that's the thing too is like, and and people and my employers like that, that I can handle the situation, I can defend myself and other people, protect others, 
and they don't have to worry about, you know, hey, your bouncer, you know, split this dude's eye or your bouncer broke another nose this week, stuff like that, because then you're going to get the possibility of getting sued. Yeah. And, and if it comes down to somebody's business or you, they're going to throw you under the bus. Right. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned that because the one time, um, well, the same incident we kind of talked about earlier, a uh, guy was getting irate, had to break him up from somebody else. And, you know, eventually later on down the line, he got dragged out of the club. Nobody was got nobody got hurt. Everybody went home. And one particular guy, we're not gonna mention his name, but he's like, "Yeah, man, I would have knocked his ass." I'm like, "Why? Like, wh- like, why put yourself in a situation that you know you could control? But why would you f- add fuel to the fire? Because, just say for example, you got into a tussle with this guy. You don't know that he, if he's with someone else. You don't know if he's carrying anything, dude. Just Let's just let's just de-escalate this problem the best way we can, and everybody can go home happy. And I've been in those situations to where, and that, like, once again, and that that pulls and that ties into you don't the unexpected, yeah, them variables that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've had situations like that, where numerous situations where it was me and one person, and I recall I recall this one time, I was working in Royal Oak, <clears throat> and the way the club was set up. It was. It looked like something out of a Miami movie. It was great. Every every night was a movie, and so I'm talking to this dude, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at him, and I'm seeing everything like kind of past him. It's almost like QB vision on uh on Madden. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there looking at him, but I'm also like scanning. So I'm looking at him, and he getting heated, and I'm like trying to keep him calm, but I'm also like looking at him, but looking behind him, seeing like who else is seeing this. I'm looking for my team because I can't just signal to them like, hey, come through. I can't just do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's the eye contact and people say like, you talk a lot with your eyes. I'm like, yes, I have to, have to. because I got to get somebody's attention. Let them know like, Hey, you need to come here or yo, it's about to pop off. Right. And so I'm looking at my team to see where they're at. And I'm making eye contact with a couple of them. They see me and they, like, they nod their head. But then I see people who are looking at him and looking at me. And now their postures are changing. Mm-hmm. Their demeanors are changing. Mm-hmm. So now, and now all of a sudden I see people moving in. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yep. So, and then too, it's just like if I if something happens to where I just haul off and maybe crack this dude in the jaw, you know what I'm saying, or catch him with a quick elbow. This seeing the severity of that will fuck somebody up and mm-hmm. turn them and they'll see red instantly. Right now, if I go ahead and I grab him, you know, I wrap him up, recycle him. He's like, hey, he can talk, and I'm like, yo, 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 yo. you know, use it as negotiation. Like, hey, he gotta go. But if you come near me and do this, 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 I'm going to break his shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, he can communicate. It's almost like when you watch it in the movies. Mm-hmm. When a dude comes up and goes, yeah, he's like, hey, man, yo, yo, I just need y'all to chill. I'm going to chill if y'all chill, but I don't like how this is going. Right. I'm going to leave out of here. I'm going to let him go, but I'm getting up out of here. I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? I've had multiple situations like that to where I had to hit a dude up. And I had to, like, there was one time I had to use him as a, I had to use a guy as almost a body shield. It wasn't almost, it was a body shield. And it's on my Instagram. And I walked through it about how um, it was turned into a big ass bar brawl. And I went and got the guys back. And he was a bigger dude. He's about six, five, six, six. And I went and I just dropped my knee in the back of his knee. He dipped. I caught him in the seatbelt grip. And now we're like walking back because I'm trying to get him out. But I end up hitting the back of the bar. And I see his boys looking, and now they coming at me, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I had to switch from the seatbelt grip to um, a modified short choke. Yep. So now 
they looking at me and I'm like, yo, 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 like, hey, I need, I need three feet. I need three feet. And he's like, nah, I'm like, he's like, ah, ah. and they see it. And they're like, yo, okay, 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 okay. Cause now they like, oh shit, my homeboy. But if I just, if I would have just dropped this dude and now I don't have no, no, nothing to negotiate with. If I'd have just punched him in the face or, you know, did whatever and dropped them. Now they're going to rush me. Yeah. Now they see that they man's is, you know what I'm saying? His man's is in the situation. And they're like, oh, yo, this dude knows something. And who's to say and that he, that punch will knock him out? It may kill him. It, I mean, it could be worse. It, it could be, be worse. it may not have effect. Yeah. It may, you're right. It may not have an effect or I could do more damage. I punch him. He falls, hits his head on the bar, then on the ground. Now you're in trouble. In deep trouble. You in deep doo doo. Deep doo doo. And not just need these shoes. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? It's just, how you gonna get out of that? Because the thing is, too, what people don't understand, and this is where training, train, using your jujitsu, Tom the Blast once said, all of life is not about jujitsu, but you have to figure out how to translate jujitsu into all of, into every aspect of your life. Uh, man, true words never spoken. You see what I'm saying? True so now take taking that, so taking that training, this is, this is where, it really comes in into play and it's really important about that. So taking the training, if I'm training jujitsu for my job, you know, and that's what anything you train jujitsu. So like if you're if you're if you're um a sport grappler, you're going to train everything and put it in the situation of what you'll run into, what situations you'll have for sport. If you do MMA, you will take your jujitsu and add striking and add wrestling and things like that to where now it's like, okay, this is I'm using my jujitsu. For MMA, I'm using my jujitsu in its truest form: self-defense, valetudo, street fights. So now, when you train those things, because when you get into an altercation, because you got to talk to the police, because if 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 somebody's gonna say something to the cops, but at the end of the day, too, the cops have to respond. They're responders, right? So now they come to the scene, like who was involved, and they're gonna talk to you. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go back in your head and say what exactly you did. And if you hit a motherfucker, you got to tell somebody, well, how many times did you punch him? Right. If you hit somebody 17 times and you, ah, man, I hit him a couple times. Oh, well, we looked at the footage and this show is, we see 26. <laughs> you were teeing off, sir. Hey, yo, you just, you just, you stood over this man and molly this nigga 26 times. Now, I don't know where you get a couple from, but you know what I'm saying? So now you have to, you have to do that step by step. So when you do it, when you when you take jujitsu and train it for, you know, your your arena, your specific arena you're stepping into, now it's like, okay, cool. I already know what I did. Right. I went ahead, I came and talked to him, my hands were up, you know, just hey, in a peaceful position, my hands are up. He swings, I block, I duck under, I take his back, seatbelt, grip him up, and we're going out. And and right then and there, so like, okay, cool. No punches were thrown. He can articulate exactly what he did every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And it makes because in those situations, like and and to the listeners out there, don't get don't get it wrong. There is anxiety. Oh, yeah. There is stress oh, yeah. that comes with it. So yeah, we're talking about it all, you know, all all smooth and fine right now. But at the end of the day, that's not how it always plays out. No. At all. At like, all. you know, it's still, it's still there. But being able when you train it to the way that you do you know to the to the degree of muscle memory there's really nothing to you already know what you did yeah you know what i'm saying you just but it it, it comes in it comes in handy when you have to sit there and, and defend your actions because that's what one thing people don't 
they don't think about. Yep. You know, and I got guys, younger guys who just started bouncing, and I got to remind them, like, hey, how you going to defend that? Mm-hmm. And they already, they already, once I say that, like, I see them chirping with some people we done threw out, and I say, hey, how you going to defend that? They already know. I'm talking about, okay, if you go ahead and do what you about to do, you go ahead and you give into that energy, how you going to defend it with a cop coming and ask you what's going on? Because right, look where we at. We in the birds. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You're this big black dude. You just hauled off and just started doing X, Y, Z. How you going to defend that? Right. And instantly once they hear it, it's like, fuck, I can't defend that. Am I okay? And then your defense attorney can't defend you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is so, so, so true, man. So, so true. But yeah, like you said, like we, you know, we talk like, yeah, like we can just do this in our sleep. But no, yeah, everything is situational. Like, yeah, we can, I, we can identify the we can identify a problem but you know we might be like okay yeah if i go this way i go that way this will happen it might not necessarily work that way you know the same thing that we tell you know our you know you know lower belts when we're rolling especially with white belts and they're like man what'd you catch me in good i'll show you we started here you did this i did this you got choked it you know, and they'd be like, "Man, I I, I would never have saw it." Yeah, because you were going too fast. <laughs> like you, you like you were moving too fast. Your mind was going too fast. But you know, you have that person that can control the situation. Yeah, like you said, and, and be able to break down and explain everything that will happen. And it's also too going back to the whole the um, what you were saying about with the white with the lower belts. Like, how did you give me this? It's you're always gonna catch somebody. Their mistake. You capitalize on someone's mistake. Yeah. The first person to fuck up and break a rule and make a mistake, and you capitalize on it. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's that's why it's, it's chess. Definitely. The minute you make the wrong move, oh, pfft, okay, I see the opening. Yep. You made the wrong move. You did this. Now I'm ahead of you. Yep. Now I can guide you and lead you. Now I'm gonna do what I want to do because you made the mistake. A lot of times we'll bait you into making a mistake. Yeah. So that's what it is. So if somebody makes a mistake and they throw a punch and they don't time it right, or they just, you know, once again, not having a training, they just throwing. Okay, cool. You threw it. Wide range. I seen it coming. I'm a slip, go around the back. Now we going out. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so it's and that's what it is. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now we two stepping. Yeah. Now we try try sliding real quick to the back. Yeah. Yeah. But man, um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it, man. Um, unless you had anything else you wanted to add, if you wanted to ask me, if there's anything that you're working on, you wanted to, sh- uh, you know, let the world know, you know, you still got you still got the floor, man. I I got not yet. I got some things I'm working on with some uh some grappling based weapon retention and weapon disarming. Um, I that's and then that's that's coming soon. I plan on uh, hopefully being back on this podcast again to talk more about that oh, and go in depth with that because I like I mean, this. This is great. This this is I love this. This is this is I feel like and that's the thing too. Like jujitsu in in real life application needs to be talked about more because it's like it's that's where we come from. Yeah, like it was it was you know what I'm saying like and a lot of people don't know if you if for those listening out there Hicks and Gracie's autobiography breathe get it man get it such a get that get that book. Get Carlos Gracie's autobiography, uh, Father of the Fight Dynasty. That's amazing as well. Like those, and they go together. But Hickson talks about, you know, in one of the in one of the chapters about the essence of jujitsu being watered down because 
there was a split and he's he, this is where he left um jujitsu for what it was and he went and focused on mma and valetudo was because sport became more popular sport yeah. started really really hitting in the 70s where he started doing tournaments and things like that and alio was not a fan of that the creator of jujitsu was like hey what are you doing with my shit that's not what i want right. so when people think like when they think that and i'm not saying that i'm not saying sport jujitsu can't work in a street fight because it can but the problem is like mike tyson said everybody's got a plan you get punched in the face when you get punched in the face two things happen a so you you have jujitsu your jujitsu has it is two options two ways it can go it could expand or it could contract yep and when i say that is is that if you use strikes to expand your jujitsu It'll, it'll be a whole nother world opens up to you. Yeah. So like when you get punched, you're like, oh shit, well, okay, you focused on punching me, but you're not focused on trying to submit me, pass it. If I'm if we didn't hit the floor and I'm and you're in my guard, you're not trying to pass my guard. You're just striking. Now I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Now I can set stuff up. Now I can, you know, and it goes from there. Now I can use my lines of defense. Oh, let me bring my knee up to block this, trap that. Now you can start playing and your game expands or it could contract or you get hit in the face and you're like, holy shit, this motherfucker hit hard. <laughs> and now you now you sitting there, you thinking about it like, oh, shit, I don't want him to hit me again. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. I don't want that. So now what do you do? Now you covered up. Now your guard is collapsed. You don't even have a guard no more. You're tucked in the fetus position and you're getting wailed on trying to protect yourself. Trying to find your happy place, hoping that the madness ends exactly <laughs> exactly and now you just but then like you know what i'm saying so that's where it's like but even too like i tell people all the time like why don't you strike i remember i had a coach who used to tell us don't strike from the guard yeah right and i'm like what do you mean like don't strike from the there's no need to throw punches when someone's in your guard like you stupid like with all no disrespect but i was like that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard because when you strike somebody and they're in your guard it opens up because if someone's focused on striking you now, you're not going to knock somebody out if they're in your guard and you're striking, but like you catch somebody with an elbow, you catch them with a punch, it opens it up now because now they go, now they're turning defensive yeah. because they got to, they can't just keep eating these shots. Right. They now they got to defend them. these shots. Now your game can open up. You can work an escape. You can work a sweep. You can work a put, you can work a submission. If you start throwing those strikes, look at Anderson Silva when he fought Patrick Cote. Mm -hmm. He used strikes from the guard. To open up his game, and he was able to submit my man's from the bottom, from the bottom. bottom triangle, yep. with elbows, and you know what I'm saying. So now it's like it works that way. You have to learn how to. You have to learn striking some point, some some element. Now I'm not saying you got to go out there and be, you know, a Golden Gloves boxing champ or you know, world champion Muay Thai fighter, but just like if you had to grade it A to E, just be a C level striker. Mm -hmm. Us, if you're just a regular person, DC level striker. That's it. That's all you got to do. Get to DC level. So in, in jiu-jitsu terms, get to blue belt. Get to blue belt in boxing. Get the blue belt in Muay Thai. Something like that to where your skills equate to a blue belt. You'll be able to you'll be able to defend yourself against the average person. Yep. Now, if you if you if you're doing if you're doing MMA or if you like me, you're bouncing, your strike level, whether the understanding, the defense, or offense, all that needs to be purple belt or higher. Yeah. At that point. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, because you need to understand. And then two, here's the thing. Here's what's crazy. Most people don't know. When you start to study strikes and you really, and you work angles and slips 
and 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 you know what I'm saying? Then it's they put you in position to do what? Take somebody Take down. It puts you in position, cut an angle to shoot a takedown, to get the bag. Like once you start moving it and incorporate, it's like, oh shit, by learning this, I just made my game that much more better. So even if I don't want to strike nobody, I can still cut the angles, weave, bob, slip into where I can get close to you and do a takedown. Yep. So, you know, just, just you know, give me to start on a whole other topic. I need to be another topic we talk about. But no, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back on here, bro, because I know we can go we can go hours. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. We're we'll, we'll sitting here at Joe Rogan style podcast. It's gonna be three hours of shit. We be pulling up clips like, "Hey, pull this up. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this." But no, man. Um, my question for you: When you doing this again, and how can how can you know how can my fan base and following? How can we um, hear more of the Talk Your Jits podcast? Yeah. So, um, I'm doing a bulk of uh, recordings. So, um. I got three more that I need to do, and then probably by the end of the week, I'll start releasing the episodes. So, it'll be soon. Definitely be soon. Definitely, definitely be soon to get this out in the masses, and I got people, I'm almost booked up to the beginning of January with interviews, so... It's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of episodes. Definitely gonna have people come back because um, you know, hours just not long enough for some people. And once we get more established, well, I'll do longer episodes. But yeah, man, it's it's gonna be out there very very soon. Where, where will it, will it be on? Like, will you have like Spotify? Will you put on your your Instagram page? I'm, like, I'm flooding it. It's gonna be on the Talk Your Jits podcast page on Instagram and Facebook. It's gonna be on uh, Spotify. It's gonna be on SoundCloud. It's gonna be on YouTube. It's going to be on everything. Everything I can get it on is going to be on there. So no one has an excuse to not to listen to this podcast. There you have it, ladies and gents. I just want to also say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of of everything, your weight loss journey, your jujitsu journey. You continuing to do the things that you love and make you happy. I'm super, 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 super proud of you. And it just literally warms my heart whenever I see you set a goal and then you knock it the fuck down it always makes me just you know what i'm saying because i remember when you came into gnc man and you just you know you grinned me a little bit <laughs> you like you came into gnc and you looked at me real nasty and i was like damn bro, i ain't do nothing you can't <laughs> what's, what's with the love baby come on now. Like, damn, look at us now like look at us almost 10 years later look at this all right so at this point like this is okay so this is the guy i was referring to in the very first episode about the at gnc but i did say i did say <laughs> oh, wait, i gotta I go back and listen now because you are okay i gotta go back no, 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 and listen no, i didn't i didn't mention that i didn't mention that i was gonna wait to this episode to mention it but <laughs> <laughs> so this guy when he was working at gnc this is the guy like i said that, that was in the first episode when i tell you like the first time i met this guy he came off as a as a douchebag like i was like this i was like he just so full of himself i was like man i don't, I don't like him but, but i wasn't <laughs> I, I, was. <laughs> I didn't do nothing that said that because I, I tell came, the people why tell the people why you thought i was a douche because when i came in there i asked him one simple question about i forgot what it, it was a vitamin for something and he was just like yeah it's over there and i was like huh all right, then he didn't want to help me because I was asking him questions, just kind of giving me short answers. So I was like, ah, all right, then this guy who hates his job, I'm gonna leave him alone. But look what happened. 
That wasn't it. No, Lamar said he ain't like, nah, see, I knew he would go. I knew I knew because, you know, he talking his jits. He wasn't going, so now let me, let me tell y'all real quick. Lamar said, so, okay, I'm like, all right, maybe he caught me on an off day. Maybe he did, but I try to match the customer's energy. If a cus- if I talk to a customer and I see that they don't want to be, or if I tell them, you know, hey, we're, you know, they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm looking for such and such. All oh, cool, it's right over here, blah, blah, blah. I'll try to see, I'll say certain things and see, like, okay, no, nah, this person don't want my help. And this is the type of customer that if they'll ask, I'll come over and ask whatever they need. But I'm going to be like, I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. I don't want to be a used car salesman. I want to give them their spaces or whatever. He seemed like the type who just kind of wanted to. I was like, all right. So he came in, asked for, I was like, oh, it's over there. And I'm just like, I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him hang back. I was also going through a tumultuous relationship at the time. So I was probably stressed the hell out. So I apologize. But that ain't the reason why he thought I was a douche. The reason why Lamar thought I was a douche was because he said you were sitting in there with your tight T-shirt, your muscles, <laughs> your mohawk. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you just, you just, wait a minute, hold on, man. It had nothing to do with nothing. And he left that part out, coincidentally. He, he body shamed me is what he did. He looked at me and just instantly was like, mohawk, muscles, tight T-shirt. I don't like this nigga. I didn't. I don't like him at all. He fit, the, like, the, the GNC, like, check like checklist on on like please <laughs> man like but no and i had chicken rice and broccoli for lunch that day too <laughs> basic instagram model fucking diet you goddamn right oh but man like I, but i did mention he did like he had became one of my best my best friends man i love this guy so but yeah it was it was definitely an honor and privilege to have you on the show man I look, man. I'm like I said. I remember when you were talking about it, and I've everything we've ever talked about our our hopes, goals, dreams, ambitions, everything related to jujitsu. And like I said, man, you just keep setting it up and, and knocking it down. Every time you talk about doing something new, and I'm like, it's not much long of a wait. You like, hey, I want to do this. I'm thinking like this, and then next thing you know, within either a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you're already doing it. You know, so this man's talented, talented. You know, he's he's now you know talented uh, podcaster. He's a very, very talented artist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've got, you know how your friends are good? Like, I got friends who do shit, but, like, I support it, but it's to a certain extent. I have Le- I have a painting Lamar did sitting in my living room. It is yeah. a talking piece when people come over to my house. Like, oh, who did that? My brother did that. Like, so, like, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, that's that support. And now when he asked me to be on this, I said, ain't no way I'm not going to. I clear whatever the fuck I got to do to make sure I'm on this. So, like I said, man, I'm just I'm happy to bear witness to your evolution. You know what I'm saying? I look I look forward to seeing all the things you do in your jujitsu journey from here on out. Man, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that a lot, a lot. But yeah, uh, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank you know Mr. Adam Hunter again for coming on the show. I really hope you enjoyed the tale of some of our experiences. Uh, please go and follow the Facebook and Instagram page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been the Talk Your Jits podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs>